Hello and welcome to Entertainment Marketing Confidential. This is a podcast where we talk about all things related to entertainment and brands. My name is Craig. I'm Daphne. And we are joined by our producer, Eric. Hello. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about product placement versus brand integration. What? What? They are not the same thing. A lot of people think they are. They're not. So what is product placement? What is it, Craig? Why don't you tell us? Product placement is where you literally place product on set. It's basically... Highly technical. <laughs> yeah. And brand integration is when you put things in a production and a brand offers something in value in exchange for that exposure. So I guess we'll talk a little bit about product placement. Now, these are situations where a brand sends product, just simply loans product, gifts product to a production. Um, there's different types of product placement. It can be anything from signage to physical product. It can be used on set in the background. It can be handled by the actors. There's a myriad of categories that go along with that. Cars, wardrobe, locations. Uh, there's even verbal mentions, which would be considered product placement. Yeah, because it's brand and content. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, in those categories of, like, the different types of product placement, you know, when we have our deep discussions on airplanes about product placement and the different situations where it's used and required by our production, the first pocket we want to talk a little bit about is placement that really is part of the story. It's not just parked in the background. It's not just a billboard or, you know, someone drives by. It's just brands that really have a presence on screen. What would some of those examples be? Oh, good question. Um, so I we talked just... about this yesterday. My favorite is Love Boat <laughs> with Princess Cruises. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's all about you cruising may. and the fact, like, I was so excited when I was old enough to realize that Princess was a brand and I could take a Princess cruise versus it just being some <laughs> mythical boat on this magical TV show. <laughs> you may want to explain what the love boat is to a lot of our I know. younger listeners It was out an there. ABC TV show that was set on the Pacific Princess, which is one of the ships in the Princess fleet. And Princess is a cruise line. And every week they're going to Alcapulco and then sometimes they're in the Mediterranean and they have this wonderful cast of people and they're doing all this cool shit. And I realize now it was a soundstage, but don't kill the magic for young Daphne. But it just made cruising and the idea of this boat so romantic and fun and over the top. And I had no idea as a child watching the reruns that Princess was a brand. So to find out that, oh my God, oh, one guess what cruise line I used when I went on my first cruise. Royal Caribbean? Disney. Princess. You're both right. What? <laughs> That's where the story was correct. going? Yeah. <laughs> and another example we were talking about yesterday was Castaway. Yep. There are a couple of good ones in there. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned FedEx and uh, Wilson. And that's kind of like, I mean, just both of them kind of have a, an emotional connection that, like, you can't look at a Wilson volleyball and not think Castaway. You can't just think about him screaming, Wilson! When he floats away, like, you want to, seriously, if I'm in Target or somewhere and I see one of those, I want to hug it. It's 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 crazy, like, the just the image one movie can give to a brand for decades now. Oh, right? Sure. Castaway come out. I don't know, uh, it was two. <laughs> 
feel like there was in the early 2000s, maybe the was late it? 1990s. I, I'd have to look that up. I ain't going to lie. Tom Hanks, I have no idea. Tom Hanks could still be considered hot, so it must have been kind of long ago. <laughs> He's awesome. He's it's awesome. one of the rare instances where a product actually became a character. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times where it becomes part of the story, but that was an actual character, so. Yeah, Very like that's unique. well done. That was Fox, right? Yes. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. We know who you are who did that, and that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, so there's, you know, situations where that brand really is part of the story. And another pocket we like to talk about is placement that establishes a character. Um, As I said, we always sort of focus on film versus other mediums just because it's easier. I think more, pretty much everyone can relate to film. Um, It's expensive. You think what it costs to shoot, you know, one page of a script. So how can you sort of shortcut who a character is? Um, and this is where you use sort of those assigned, like you're saying, like the emotional connection to a brand where you take, you know, a certain type of watch, a certain beer they drink, uh, what car they drive and it helps they wear. Exactly. It helps quickly. What hotels they stay at. Mm -hmm. They quickly establish who this character is. You know, someone rolls up in a Kia and stays at motel six is very different than if someone stays at the Ritz in London and drives a Lamborghini. Sure. Even like propaganda gem, um, Putting Will Smith in a Lacoste shirt and Hitch, that yep. speaks to his character, kind of tells you quickly, like, he is a man of fashion, of money. Of, and a little cool. And a little cool. I should say a lot cool versus wearing. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a quick way to establish character. Mm-hmm. And then another fun one. We like to call it sneaky product placement. And by that we mean <laughs> it's those random glimpses of brands where you're like, why the fuck is that there? But you remember it. Um, and my absolute favorite example of this, absolute hands down, Top Gun. Maverick does his flyby. He's about to get handed his ass. Um, Tom Skerritt's getting lectured. The boss guy, the base, comes rolling out of his office pissed off after having coffee just spilled on him. And here comes this Navy guy with a tray of coffee. His big boss comes blowing out of that door and he hits the tray. And the tray flips for a second at the camera and it says, Pepsi. And then it comes back. I'm like, amazing. Crystal clear. You know, I mean, when did Top Gun come out? 80 whatever? Six? 86, I think. Yeah. And it's Pepsi. Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi. So we like those kind of creative ways to sneak in branding. Uh, <laughs> Bazoomer.com. <laughs> Main Street, you know. Oh, well, yeah. I, I had a question about, say, like signage. Like, um, I remember mm-hmm. um, a couple movies. I think, I forget if we talked about them this episode or last episode. Um, but you talked about Godzilla and Swatch. There's yes. like this um, big Swatch sign um, when you see all the little raptors. Or in um, Cloverfield you see like the Nokia signage. Mm-hmm. What, do, what, do, what do these signages tell a story? Or were those just paid placement or did, what, what could you say like, how, how did those push the story? It, it's hard with, um, you know, we say confidential because there's just certain things we can't talk about. Um, but with Cloverfield, you have a story that takes place in Manhattan where I don't know what the hell that thing is. Like a dinosaur alien thing? I still don't know. I read that script. I had tell me the story. I've seen it a thousand times. I don't know. Whatever that big old nasty thing is. So it attacks New York. What's the one thing the story needs? You tell me that thing's not going to stop through Manhattan. Not every is going to have their phone out taking pictures. 
How is there not phones? Like phones make so much sense. And I think with this particular project, maybe it was misunderstood at first because I, as soon as I heard about that, I'm like, I have to be a part of this. And you think "Uh, I'm in absolutely in, I don't care what it's going to be. Let's do it. And if you watch that movie, it's all our clients. It was Campari, it's Lacoste, it's Panasonic, you know, when the cameras they film on. Um, And when it came to sort of just the intensity and the nature of having this catastrophic event happen in New York, phones make sense. And as they're creating the sets, you know, when you go into the subway, what's the signage you would see in a subway? You're going to see brands. You're going to see whatever's going to be in Best Buy or whatnot. And, you know, and I said, whatever they need. So it's important to have cleared artwork and cleared signage and cleared products on screen because when he gets into clearances, you know, it's a big deal. So it made perfect sense because they use the products. Let's clear some signage up. It's realistic too. I mean, if it's set in a real city, it should feel like a real city. That's true. Like you're not going to go in a subway and it's not going to be naked walls. Yeah. And it may not be the exact signage that's in the subway at this time currently, but it would be signage that you could see in the subway. So... Yeah, I mean, I get requests from production all the time needing artwork, whether it's taxi top signage, subway signage, billboards, you name it. They're always wanting things like that to enhance the look of the film or the look of the scene. On that note, what brand categories make most sense for those type of signage opportunities? Um, I mean, it, it can vary, but typically they want to they want to have something that's pretty similar to real world stuff. I mean, if you you could see. The type of signage that's on taxi toppers, for instance, in New York, you know, I mean, it's probably... Broadway plays. <laughs> yeah, probably, well, I was Broadway plays, which that I don't usually get into. Evita and Tootsie. I still yeah. remember it. There's a lot of, if I remember, there's a lot of, like, alcohol brands, like spirit brands. You know, you get, like, your your vodkas and your... You know what it is? Your gins, those sorts of things. The and ad then, is product. There's no talent or person you have to clear in the exactly. ad. Exactly. That's what the they like. The product is featured. That's there what you they go. like to do. Yeah. yeah. It's ads that have product in them, not people's likenesses, because then you have to go through a whole other series of approvals. That's a shit show. Yeah. And you have to pay them. And it takes time. Time is the killer. Because you only have so much before they got to shoot. So... Yeah. Um, well, I had a question for you, actually, on Cloverfield, because... When you did that film with mm-hmm. your brands, mm-hmm. were all your happy with the result? Yes. And so that's interesting because from my perspective, you know, I work with agencies such as Propaganda yeah. and brands directly. And sometimes brands don't get a story or they don't get an opportunity. That's why I think having an agency like you guys is helpful because you know the space. You yeah. can translate you that, that to the brands. Well, it's just I've, I've run into a lot, of th- a lot of things where, I mean, that's basically... It's not, it's, I mean, there's just a ton of destruction in that film. It's like kind of a, there's a catastrophic element to it. And brands tend to shy away a lot of times when there's destruction and there's, there's monsters and things like that. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, you can pitch that project to brands. They get it. They provide it. They're happy with the end result. It's, um, but with that particular one, I think it, you know, I go back to like how I say, you know, the people I've had the pleasure of working for, you know, I was always encouraged by, you know, my mentor, you know, to think outside the box, like Mm -hmm. try and focus on, uh, many years ago when we got sex in the city, we knew, oh shit, no one's going to go for this. (laughs) We told the show is called the city. (laughs) We sort of left some stuff off, but we knew it's the thing is it's like, 
it's reasonable for brands to have those concerns, but it's also our job to present information in a way that they're going to be receptive to. No brand regrets doing Sex in the City. It's so iconic. And when it came to Cloverfield, I heard people say, who knew Cloverfield would have been a hit? Um, me, 100%, because that's sort of our job. And I think for Craig and I very specifically, I'm sure this will come up a thousand times. We love Jaws. Um, we love those sort of monster where not seeing it. And that's, you know, that's where sort of got their start and their inspiration was Jaws and Spielberg. And for me, as soon as I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And the story and, but the one thing that I think resonated was I was really excited about the project and I was passionate about it. And my enthusiasm sort of was, inspired by my person at Paramount. Mm -hmm. So when an agency works with Craig, I know he doesn't say too much because I'm always talking, but how you present a project to us as an agency speaks volumes because there's so many content options. You know, like if a label calls me about a music video, they could tell me, you know what? I assure you, Gaga's new, but she seems pretty cool and we're going to push her all right, let's gamble on Lady Gaga. But it's our job as an agency to have these relationships, to understand the entertainment space and have some sort of insight into what's going to hit. And, you know, everyone has access to the internet. Everyone watches the Grammys. Everybody from someone in Norway to Sao Paulo, everybody thinks they're an entertainment expert because they read, which, by the way, an expert, but they're not. They're reading what's cool now. It's my job to tell you what's going to be cool in three years. I remember years ago, I used to fight for Jason Statham and Christian Bale movies because of clients are like, ah, uh, who? What? I'm like, no, I'm telling you. Like, it's our job to know talent before they're huge. Get in early, establish these relationships. And I think the brands trust us because we have such a track record, especially with someone like Nokia of, you know, decades of trust us. And it's mm -hmm. having those relationships with your client. You could sell in those types of opportunity. Destruction or not, ultimately yeah. Cloverfield was a huge hit. Pop oh, culture, yeah. people loved it. Absolutely. And the brands were so perfectly woven in. They don't jump out. Like, they make sense to be there. Oh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because, so you know, part of a lot of what we do is educating brands and educating, yeah. re-educating productions because yeah. they both come at this from a different angle sometimes they don't have experience with it especially on the brand side they're yeah. new to it and so you know you have to a lot of hand holding yeah like a lot helping of hand people holding understand it and you know managing expectations and you know, because there are a lot of misconceptions out there so um but yeah i just th i thought that was very interesting um i have a question for you craig what um when you get a when you get a script for your studio um what kind of comes First, do you, does the script say, you know what, we need to get this brand and then we'll try to get a talent to match it? For instance, if you're making Hitch, did you know your main character was going to wear Lacoste? Or do you get the talent and then you decide, all right, these brands are going to go with this particular actor or actress? Um, usually when I get a script, well, when I was at the studios, they would already have some cast attached, but... I wouldn't say it's common that you've got a lot of brands in the script. It's more about finding the places that production is going to need things, talking to the producer, talking to the department heads, finding out what they're envisioning or what they've been told uh, these characters or these sets 
we're probably going to need to look like or what type of character they are. If they have a lot of money, then they're going to want more of a luxury brand to use. So it's it's basically bringing them as many options as I can once I get some idea of the direction that they want to go. I say we'll get deeper into the players because it's essentially like what you're saying is having worked with Craig, you know, he speaks to the producers. He speaks to the set decorator, the costume designer, transpo, uh, prop the prop department. Yeah. You know, he gets a sense of what are the key categories? Like, what do you really need help with? And then that's sort of, you know, like I've seen, you know, where <laughs> pet mark has received request. I remember I pitched in once when there was a family emergency and production called and asked for, they need help getting post-its. And I told the guy to get his ass in a car and drive to Staples. Um, but it's knowing what production really needs. Yeah. What's the creative vision? What's the story? And then just navigating, you know, all those departments to find out what makes sense. Yeah. And, and you never really know what a brand's going to say until they hear about the project or they see the script because while they may like that actor, they may not like the story or the character he's playing. There's so many characters that have problems, whether it's a drinking problem or a drug problem or he's a bad guy. I mean, you just the don't know. Bad guy's know. my favorite, as we all know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so you never really have a brand sort of in your pocket ready to go for a particular project until they know as much about it as possible to make that decision. I'm guessing like vice versa. There are probably like, we like the story, but we don't like this actor. We don't think it fits our oh, brand. Oh, yeah. Image. Exactly. Like from the brand side. Oh, like we had a client who disliked Britney Spears. And what was so ridiculous about this, if you looked at the data, Britney's audience now is 35 to 45. Their disposable income is high. And the research shows that if Britney likes it, they're going to like it still to this day. And finally, we got them to understand no, Britney's fans are upscale. Like, you need to understand the data. Um, speaking of data and fees and whatnot, let's talk a little bit about brand integration. Now, we've established yeah. product placement, you send product, you're done. Brand integration is different in the fact that a brand offers something of value in return for showing up in the content and on screen. You know, fees, barter, offering a promotion. Um, yeah. I mean, this is kind of yeah. like, this is definitely where you sit. Yeah, I mean, I would I would clarify that value because product placement brings value as well. It's just a different type of value. So product, Financial? Yeah. I, That's true because product I, placement saves money. Yeah, we didn't touch on this, but product placement, essentially, one of the reasons productions like to do it and brands like to do it, obviously, is they you send your product so production doesn't have to go buy it. They're saving money on that, but the brand obviously gets a shot at being in the... Finished, yeah. finished feature film or finished show, whatever it is. So there is value in that. Yeah, exactly. There's there's value in that where brand integration differs is the value is, is stepped up uh, quite a bit. You're talking about fee deals, barter, uh, promotions, yeah. depending on what you're doing. A barter would, you know, a lot of times you can, if uh, production is shooting, let's say, out of the country and they need to fly some key cast and crew back and forth a few times, maybe for scouting uh and then obviously for filming you know and there's possibility for airline to be in the film because it's scripted that way uh we would try to negotiate a reduction on airline tickets Uh, sometimes you can even get free tickets depending on the timing and availability for 
key cast and crew, um, also hotels if you're putting up a crew, you know, in a certain location, and they've got to house I don't know 100 crew members for three months while they're and shooting this project. Hotels definitely want to do that. Yeah, hotels want to fill their rooms, but production doesn't want to pay the yeah. regular price, and they're willing to a lot of times give them a reduced rate, sometimes provide some rooms for free, include meals, but services. But it makes perfect sense because yeah. you put a crew in a hotel, give them cheap per night, mm-hmm. what these people are going to eat and drink in terms of their hotel tab Absolutely. is astronomical. It's a huge value yeah. to production as yeah. well. And they can sometimes set up an office in the hotel so they can do production work there as well when they're not on set. Yeah, And kind of the opposite of your point of why productions like product placement slash brand integrations, you know, with a brand, you know, product placement in a paid integration, you know, that, that product and content lives forever. It's not a ad campaign that lives for two months and then goes away. It's something that generation after generation could discover this brand through it. Like as a Blade Runner where half those brands don't exist anymore. Well, Coca-Cola still does. Uh, thank God one. I'm addicted to Coke Zero. <laughs> um, and with product placement, you know, brands are used in a natural setting. Mm-hmm. You know, they get the association with cool content. And when done properly, it's a foundation for a communication program, which we'll talk about in the future. And when it comes to brand integration, it's that similar process. And if you have the opportunity, you know, some brands think, oh, I sent you a case of soda or whatever. I have a lot to say. No, you don't. You send over 50 bucks worth of product. You should be lucky you're in the movie. Um, But that can be very valuable. But if a brand could just lean in a little bit and say, you know what? If this works out, let's do a promotion. You know what? How Mm -hmm. about we do a crew gift? And that's one of the things I understand from you is, you know, those crew gifts. I mean, you do an interesting integration. You think the tote bags, the coats, whatever, sure. another item, you know, line of savings for production. So if a brand puts anything into this and can leverage, I think they have more say. Like if I'm a producer, some brand goes, oh, they sent over some shirts. You should use them. Oh, okay. But hey, if you get a decent shot of the logo, I'll give you a hundred thousand. Even better. Because if it's gonna but if the product is gonna be there anyway. Yeah. And exactly. you can just give it a little tweak. It's yeah. to tweak it and just give it a little more a little stickier. Like yeah. it just enhances it a bit. Sure, sometimes you get lucky just sending stuff, but if a brand could just put a little something behind it, well, there's more incentive. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, product placement, while it's it is it's a low risk endeavor for any brand because you're just sending products, but yep. it's more of a crapshoot. When you're talking about a brand integration, sure, it'll cost some money, but you only pay if it exactly. if the exposure is there, exactly. and you have a, a much higher chance of being seen in that content. And exactly. The goal really is to make it into the content because you're there forever. Yep. Um, I was going to also just point out, probably obvious, but crew gifts for anyone who doesn't know is productions at the end of shooting, they like to give out gifts to everyone on the cast and crew as sort of a memento that they can take with them. So... A lot of times we're asked if we can help source those for production. Sometimes they have a particular idea in mind. Other times they don't. So it can range from watches to backpacks to jackets. And then they'll like to do some kind of embroidery or logo or title of the the film. And then, you know, a lot of times you'll see these people wearing their their crew gift around town or wanting to use the same company for their next project. Yes, I was just going to say, you know, it's a cool way to really... But it's also that sampling, the experiential sort of marketing part. Like, depending on the price point, it's such a great opportunity to have other people discover your brand. Absolutely. And there's times where I've been at events and L'Oreal, now I'm on the spot and I can't remember the name of the lipstick. They'll have like just 
jars of different makeup to try. Every infallible, infallible, the shit Beyonce read, that thing did not come off for two days. Like <laughs> you get to try, you know, I, I'm just at an event. I get a sample of product. How many times I've gone and just kept buying it. When mm-hmm. I was at Sony, I was gifted a Lacoste polo. Well, I assure you over the years, I'd spent more at Lacoste than the cost of that polo. And that's what I like is it, 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 it's practical for production. It's good for the brand, but it also gives people the opportunity just to discover a brand. Mm-hmm. I think that's and share it and then wear it around. Yeah, yeah. I think that also goes to, back to the the placement aspect. A lot of times, brands will provide product if it's a consumable for the cast and crew to ah, to have. Yeah, while they're shooting, so it's not just on camera. But if it's coffee or or snacks or water or soda, again, it's trying then, the brand. It's sampling. Yeah, it's and, great, and it's great for the crew, but also the cast. If you get an actor that really takes a liking to your brand, Oof. then they're going to request that on their next show, and so there you've got I, a, a new customer yeah. and someone with a lot of visibility, and so it's it's just another great way to expand your your audience. No, agreed. Like I, I mean, obviously, you know, we drank the Kool Aid. I mean, there's a lot of benefits of just sending product. Just sending product and letting people discover it. And, you know, on the brand side, I get it. Like there's certain things as we discussed earlier, we don't want a brand to do. We don't want it to be perceived as a poor quality or malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. But just let productions do their job because it just 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 trust them. Because that's kind of like that we kind of joke about buying an ad, the expected ROI. Like if you let productions be a little bit creative it's going to be something that's just going to live forever and be cool and referenced and it's pop culture and there's that emotional connection, which I don't think there's very few ads who sort of, I think, convey that. Yeah. And I think you have to be creative today because commercials are... Snooze fest. Yeah. Time to go to the bathroom. Actually, I haven't watched commercials. I just skip them now. Thank you, TiVo. And while social media is great too, I mean, how much social media is out there, things get lost so quickly in the fray when you have stuff in content. Yeah, stories 24 hours. Yeah, Yeah. it's always there. Now, we've talked a bit about product placement, brand integrations, and (laughs) and in our playing conversations, this is kind of a sticking point for me. There's a lot of misconceptions. Um, Maybe for me, it seems like it's a misconception because it's something that's been a part of my life for 23 years. Um, but we just want to talk a little bit about the things where it's just not understood properly. Um, when I was first at propaganda, it always made me crazy why certain producers thought they should be getting a certain fee for a placement. And I was so disturbed by this. I started finding the articles that would perpetuate this myth. And I actually tracked down the PhD student at who wrote her dissertation on this garbage. And I called her out on it. I wrote her ass. You know why? I worked on the film with my friend at a studio. And I called my friend at a studio and I go, guess what? She's saying this, this, and this. And she goes, that's 100% not accurate. I go, uh-huh. So one, I think it's fair to say I will never be allowed to go to But two, it's really interesting that her paper was bullshit. Absolute bullshit. But that paper, because it was published out of ended up in the American, you know, the Journal of Marketing. And now it's a credible source. And we talk all the time, like that idea of what, I'm gonna say producer and subcontent creator, what they're expecting, um, they want millions and millions of dollars worth of fees um, for offering nothing to a brand. You know, one of the, I mean, to completely toot propaganda's horn, I mean, this was the Mission Possible films, but for, was that Ghost Protocol? I, that car integration was absolutely beautiful. I've been doing this a long time. They had 
they launched three cars in this film. BMW did this global promotion. Um, it was just natural. The cars drove hard. It was fantastic. And after that, a lot of our studio partners wanted a similar promotion. Like, whoa, you guys really raised the benchmark with that one. Let's try and do something cool. So you got Tom Cruise in Mission, one of the biggest stars of all time, driving cool cars all through the film. Great integration. He's doing stunts. It's just gorgeous. And a fantastic temple. Okay. Studio actually sent me a script. The entire car integration was some backing out of his driveway and hitting a fence. Now, their expectation, which it's not theirs, it's the producer who's up their butt. They were expecting a Mission Impossible level promotion for that garbage. Like, so it's amazing to me. It's like, you know how parents, and I can say this because I'm a parent, everyone thinks their kid's a genius. My kids, my youngest one's still these boogers. I mean, come on. Like it's, it, it's, what are people thinking? It's called a reality check. And this disconnect between what you're offering a brand and what you're expecting is ridiculous. And I get that producers want as much as possible and brands want to pay as little as possible, but it's that partnership when you work together to come up with something we haven't seen before, that's fantastic. And it's amazing that, I don't know, it just seems like those expectations are so out of whack, it's infuriating. Yeah, I mean, I I've gotten that too. Obviously, working working no. with, working with producers, uh, I wouldn't say it's as much on the brand side. Although there have been instances where brands are expecting a whole lot in exchange for very little. Uh, I remember one when I was at who came in and met with the team and basically broke down the placements that he wanted down to the cent. So there was a decimal point in there and there were cents in there and it didn't get above a few hundred dollars. So that uh, obviously didn't end up happening. Uh, God bless you guys for that one. <laughs> but it, 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 was, it, was, <laughs> it was entertaining, but at the same time, he clearly didn't understand the space nor how things worked in that space. Uh, but to go to your point about producers expecting a lot for a little, I've gotten more than more than a few times producers looking to fund their projects through product placement they think they pay up front yeah, yeah which is not, not the case works. that no one no <laughs> one pays up front no. no one pays up front they pay after the exposure is there so it's wait that's if they pay if they because pay. i mean yeah. again there's that my but dream it, of being a professor we know that most like a lot of placements are secured by just sending product yeah and exactly. what gets me is they don't want nope don't send this product for free, but from where you sit, I mean, yes, you know how to manage a producer, you know, just with brands makes sense for promotions to reduce PNA and then with fees, but even just from a brand offering a hotel, a location, mm -hmm. signage, you know, cast and crew gifts, uh, craft service, help decorate a set. Oh, you try and outfit 200 extras with backpacks. They don't get that when you're on a film, you could save them 400, 500, a million, thousand, 400, 500,000, a million. They're just thinking, oh, I got this shitty integration, give me a million. So, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting that just the lack of understanding. But on the flip yeah. side, brands have, brands think they could have a lot of control, like I was saying, by sending over some chips or a box of product. Mm -hmm. They don't. You're just sending product. Well, it depends. I mean, if the chips are really good, they could have a lot of control. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, for sure. 
Um, but so I get it. Well, but also to go to that that funding issue is it's most of those productions are smaller. They and they and they are Don't know. and they are an experience. But I, it's it's an educate. You just have to educate them. That Message that's not how to it works. to young filmmakers and content creators. Don't be afraid of brands. And for the love of God and all that is holy, take the time and invest in a solid production resources person. Oh, I don't want to spend that. I don't want to give up fees. If you're a professional and you're in that space and you want to save money on your budget and you want to find good promo partners and you really want to have a handle on what you're doing, hire companies like Pentmark for all that is holy because it's just going to save you money and help you in the future. Um, Not that it'll, it it saves time. It's it saves a lot of headaches. They don't have the bandwidth. This is what you yeah. do, and yeah. that's what makes me crazy. Who's handling your product? For me as an agency, who's handling production resources? Oh, we don't have anyone. Oh hell, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I I mean, in the, I guess we should talk about also the resistance to product placement well, on the production wait, side. Wait. And before they even get into that, like. Studios need to understand that brands have a lot of options. It's not just their film, just their TV show. I mean, they have opportunities with social media. They have opportunities with gaming. It's not just a film. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, you know, the producer, the content creator, you know, they have a lot of options when choosing a brand. And it still kills me as you're just about to get into the resistance too. Like, I don't understand why productions resist brands. Well, I I understand it, but I think it's a little misguided most of the time. I mean, it just didn't happen to me. But I, when I was at the studio, this happened to one of my colleagues. She went into a meeting, and a very famous director said to her in this meeting, "I don't like what you do." <laughs> so it was like, but again, that director and that movie and subsequent movies had a ton of product placement in that because you know why he needed it, and and, and I think, but I think that statement kind of summarizes that. That perspective, which is, I don't, I don't want you making a commercial out of my movie. Which we won't if which, you do it right. Which no one aims to do on in my space. I've never had anyone want to make a commercial out of a film. They want to enhance it. Wait, on so, that note, they don't want a commercial, so they'll do dumb things like greeking the logo. Why? Or, <laughs> or use fake brands. We live in a branded world. What Why is, are you using up, fake brands? Yeah, back, back up. What's greeking the logo? Oh, thank you. Where you put a big old piece of tape over it. Or like back in the day, instead of saying Nokia, it'd be like Lokia. Because, yeah, we don't know what that is. Well, you'll, if you, <laughs> there, there's also... Or Oka-Ola. What's fun, too, is to watch some older movies and see, like, in a liquor store, cans and cans that just say beer. And that's, <laughs> well, it's because they didn't get permission to use a real brand or they didn't yeah. They didn't have the money to pay or for it. Or I that. don't want to make my movie a commercial. Well, by not having brands, your movie kind of looks dumb because we always say it, we live in a branded world. Like I, I always see, like, this is probably the most common uh, uh, greeting I ever see. Um, I, I constantly see... Apple laptops with a sticker over the Apple. Mm-hmm. Like a pair sticker. <laughs> but is, do they do that so Apple doesn't sue them? Do they no, have to do that? They do that because it's probably TV and they will only oh. show brands when they pay a lot of Wait, money. That's a whole. So we always but, say we focus on film. And we'll go like in one episode, we want to talk about the players and a little bit about the difference between doing something with a music label, something with a network, something with a studio. When you deal with television, um, we're loosely calling that the smaller screen in your house because films are distributed on Netflix and Hulu, which I watch in my home. You know, So film is that 
big screen. I go enjoy content with a lot of people and eat popcorn outside my house. Um, but with television, you have what we what we call over here network TV, CBS, ABC. You have cable, uh, USA, TNT. You have premium cable, Showtime, HBO, and then you have like we'll say digital, and that's just kind of our shorthand for different pockets of mediums. And when you get into some of the broadcast, if a brand like say Ford, um, they did a TV show. Oh, I can't say it, but it was new. It was hot. And it was when it came back after its break, when they bought their ad space, they blocked all brands. So no logos could show up in this one hour show because they're spending so much on advertising. So a lot of it is you're not doing the media spend. You're not going to like, we're not going to show, we're not going to show your logo because a network, I mean, ad spending's down. So they're going to make their money with a pay for play for integration. Um, Why can't you say the show? Was it confidential? Yes, entertainment marketing. Because, I confidential. Mean, I, I remember they did a show too, but this was a while ago. I, but oh no, but no, no, it's a very long time ago. But it's still very common. And then it. now, I, I'm going to say it. The difference is, don't you dare. The difference is now, if you spend a ton of money to do, like some shows want two million dollars for one two episodes, but when you look at a TV show, these characters are invited into your home, thirteen to twenty two times a year. Mm. Like I think you have a very intimate, like my cast of what we do in the shadows i feel like they're family um you know it's it, it's that it's a different relationship with tv so it sometimes requires a larger price tag so that's why when it comes to greeking what you're talking about you know network of tv has a whole slew of reasons why they're going to put a pair sticker over apple yeah the, the problem is though some brands a lot of brands i would even say most brands just don't have the budget to pay that kind of or they money. don't wait they don't do tv it, advertising well yeah we have a brand that headquarters killed tv advertising if a local market wants to do it great but they're going digital but the yeah but i th- so why would they why would they buy a commercial around some tv show well, when that's exactly. not part of their marketing plan well even yeah i agree if it's not part of their marketing plan that's one thing but also even if it was they don't have the money to spend on one project no. So, and some brands just don't pay. Period. Even and, if they're used by everyone. And so, it's, you know, and that's you know that goes back to. But this that is takes why you, have you out of it for me. That always, I it stands out like a sore thumb to me. Whether it's Doc, tape covering diet, the laptop logo or, it's awful. There's some like Tarantino when he does things with fake brands. It makes a lot of sense to me because there's such a style to his films. But there's just some TV shows, and I know they had their reasons. But to me, it just was super distracting. And my thought was. Is it so we don't establish time for Because if you ask me when this is set, I'm going to be like, uh, I don't know. Just what's his name was naked all the time in the shower. That's all I cared about. Like, so I don't, I don't know. Was that present day? Sure. Sort of. But by the bikes or the other products, that's the other thing. Products establish time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know. So I'm sure there's a reason why they did it. But sometimes we giggle, like you'll be watching a show and there's just, we know that's Heineken. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> right. Or you've got, a, or you've got yeah. a, a logo that was been created that looks really similar to the real thing, like but really? it's obviously not. But we get it. So. But we understand why they did it. You know, so. Yeah. And the story, you know, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of misconceptions about what we do. And, you know, where Craig and I sit, it's that how do you satisfy production and the brand? And that's why we have jobs. It's. You know, how do we take these two conflicting agendas and have them come together in a way that's a seamless, memorable integration? You know, we don't want something when someone makes just if the 
product doesn't belong and you try and force it into content, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes where it's just too much. And I was going to say a second ago, one of my favorites that always makes me giggle is Diet Dr. Pepper. And I completely forgot the TV show's name. Good job, Daphne. Um, you, didn't, you didn't forget the brand, though, so that's good. Oh, I wanted to. Um, I don't know who did that, but you don't have a whole episode about Diet Dr. Pepper and then do the advertising commercials around it. It still makes me laugh to this day as an example of <laughs> amateur hour. Sorry, dead, whoever did that. Love it's a, you. It's a dead giveaway. Um, but anyway, yeah. so there you go. So do you have anything else to add? Um, yeah, I mean, I just think, I think that's... That, that that's what it is it's the it's sort of a balancing act where we sit you work with the brands you work with productions you work with studios and brands and it's a lot of it is educating uh, a lot of it is hand holding it's managing expectations but it's really it's not an easy place to navigate no and do it right and do it in a way that's going to resonate with the audience they're trying to reach Agreed. so Agreed. i mean i have to say it more times than not working with an agency like propaganda is easier for me because you guys know the language that we're speaking and you yeah. translate that to your clients. So sometimes when you get a new brand, it just, it's a little more work, but you want them to have a good experience because you want to be able to go back to them uh, for another project. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's, Absolutely. it's fun. It's interesting. And um, yeah, it's, we have a lot more Do you have to any say. questions for us before we wrap up? No, I'm all set. You guys were vibing so hard on this episode. <laughs> you're, uh -uh. Like, you're, like, you're like, I'm going to go have my Diet Dr. Pepper now. He's awake. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, you could write us at info at propagandagem.com or info at pentmark.com. I'm Daphne. I'm Craig. And this is Entertainment Marketing Confidential. Confidential.